Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric and today I'm talking about the video game called Death Stranding. Uh, this game is developed by Kojima Productions and is the first game from director Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions after uh, leaving Konami. Um, so, uh, spoilers ahoy. I am going to talk all about all like so much of what happens in this game. Like I okay, I beat the game. Uh the main story of the game um uh just a couple days ago and I basically Okay, so spoilers, if you haven't played this game yet or or if you haven't beaten the game yet, if you haven't finished the main story of the game yet, then I highly recommend just playing the game, like playing the game to finish it. Um, if you still haven't seen spoilers for, for, uh, that point and all that, um, you know, go and finish the game. If, if you don't think you'll ever have time to play the game, or you're just kind of interested in playing the game. Uh, this first part, okay. Uh, this first part of the episode, I'll, I'm going to talk about like the gameplay mechanics, and the, the the most basic gameplay mechanics of it and then i'll get into more split because there are some mechanics that are spoilers for the game the like some of the more advanced me- mechanics of it and so i start out the main thing that you're doing through most of the game is transporting cargo from place to place delivering it to people um and uh trying to keep it from being damaged uh sometimes you have time limits and stuff like that so it's really it uh it has this delivery man aspect to it i mean that that is like the main game mechanic but on top of that there's all this story there's uh battle combats all kinds of stuff um that gets more and more intense as the game progresses but um, the main thing is tr- transporting that cargo. And at first, you can only do it um, with, uh, w- with with your bare hands. Well, you can put onto your back and strap onto your arms and legs and just run across the countryside. Um, that's how it begins. Um, it, you uh, unlock more and more as you progress through the game, uh, whether it's uh, trikes, reverse trikes, which have... Um, Two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back, as opposed to a regular trike, which has two wheels in the back and one in the front. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's... I feel like I've seen something about that type of tricycle. Um, and is is that more stable? Is that better for going off-road and stuff? I, I don't know. But it definitely does look cool and fits the the feel of this game for sure but um yeah you get trikes and then later on um before you can actually make trucks you see trucks like right at the beginning but you can't use them like the first opening cinematic you get into the back of a truck and all that kind of stuff but um you can't actually use them until later on and before you can build like the real trucks the um the bridges brand trucks uh you can steal some from uh from they're kind of bandits they're called mules 
and they have their own trucks, but they're they're not that great. And also, you can't um, you can't uh, repair them. You can't store them in your garage and uh, get them repaired like you can with the regular trucks. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you 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 get more and more ways to transport uh, cargo, carry things with you. Uh, more efficiently carry stuff like, uh, blood bags and, uh, grenades and, and, and other tools. Um, since there's different part, you can cuss uh, at, uh, at a certain point you can customize your backpack so you can have, you can just have loads and loads of grenades strapped in there. Um, instead of taking up a big, uh, a chunk of physical space, the grenade just pops right into the, the, the little grenade pouch there. Um, so that helps save space um, when you want to be carrying a lot of bigger stuff that doesn't fit into the pouches and everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that whole... Oh, yeah, there's carriers that float because um, there's this whole thing, um, chirillium, I think is what it's called, or chi- they're chiral crystals, and they are like anti-gravity. They float. And so there's a lot of the stuff in the game is, is based off the power and the properties of those crystals. And uh, one of those things is that you have a carrier, so you can load up a whole bunch of stuff onto there and you can uh, strap it to you. Um like a like on the you know just uh carrying behind you so that you're pulling it and uh you can you can transport a whole lot more stuff on foot like that and you're not and if you put all your stuff on there then you're keeping from from falling over and all that kind of stuff but then you, you also have to, have to be careful not to like jump off a cliff or something well you don't really want to do that anyway um, because if, if you stretch too far away from the carrier, then that link will be lost and then you have to get back over to it and relink up to it and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the carriers are pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I, at first I thought, why would you need those when you can do all this other stuff? You can have a truck and everything, but like when you have to climb up a mountain and, the the, the 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 vehicles don't do the job but if it, you, you need to take like a huge tank of fuel up the side of a mountain then the carrier that that really comes in handy at that point and then there's also zip lines um that's like one of the last thing like i i'm pretty sure you get the trucks before you get the zip lines um, and at first I thought, eh, why would I use a zip line? I didn't really understand how they're, but as soon as I actually used a set of them, I was like, oh, this is incredible. And I need to build as many of these as I can, uh, to connect all of the places, but I don't even have to use vehicles. Um, as long as I'm transporting enough stuff that fits on that onto my suit. So, um, yeah, all the transportation options are, are get more and more awesome. And, um, I, okay. So yeah, that's all just the delivery aspect of the game. Um, and, and that's, that doesn't even, it doesn't even get into the different types of, uh, transportation, or uh, of cargo that you deliver. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's that's fragile in different ways. There's other stuff with time limits and all that. And you're ranked. You get a grade after each delivery. 
and um, all of that increases your stats. Uh, you level up throughout the game, and I think I got up to like level one ninety um, when I when I completed the final chapter or the final episode of the main story. Um, but okay, so now I'm jump- now I am going to jump ahead into uh, this is real spa- spoiler territory. Now it's kind of spoilers that you you unlock all this other all those vehicles and stuff like that, but this is the real this now this is the real spoiler territory. But um, before I get into that, yes, I I really really love the delivery aspect of this game, and I recommend it just based on that alone. That it's just like it, it's kind of like a Minecraft sort of game that I could just keep playing this game for like hours and hours and hours and i could see like just coming back to this game time and time again just to deliver packages because it's like it's kind of when you're doing those parts it's a little bit mindless and i but it's also does take some skill at points like traversing the terrain and things like that and yeah if you go the same route every single time or something like that then it, it it does get repetitive but if you're trying like new things and like oh i think i'm gonna try to climb up this other mountain over here and see if that's a better spot or if you're like building um zip line climbing mountains to build uh put zip lines in the best line of sight to other zip lines and stuff like that that's a whole other aspect of it that makes the deliveries like so satisfying um like there was one delivery where um I, I could have just run like straight to the other place. Um, I'm, I, I might've had some trouble um, with uh, obstacles and stuff like that. But um, instead I chose to uh, get the PCCs that I needed to connect a bunch of the, um, the it's cause each one can build a zip line like uh, uh station or whatever um and so i i i really took the time to okay now i'm going to go as far as i can within this sight line i'm going to go up on the top of this ridge and build another one and then i can know i can get a really good sight line down the rest of the way down at the bottom of this hill or at the next ridge and whatnot and like that like planning that out and then like getting them built and then writing them back to the base so that I could get more PCCs and then and then zip back over and then continue on it. Like I like that so much. And that was kind of the last project that I was actually like spending time building stuff until the, the story kicked in for the rest of the game. And then th- there wasn't really any time for any of that stuff after that point. So I'm looking forward to getting back to that area and to other areas that I hadn't built zip lines at all for. Um, so I could, uh, you know, build that up and like, uh, make a lot of deliveries very quickly, um, to a bunch of people. Um, so I'm excited for, for, uh, going back and playing all that. So, um, so that was kind of spoiler territory a little bit, but not at all as far as the story goes. So now let's get real into it. So um, I did look up how many chapters the game was going to be. 
um, to kind of gauge where I was at in the story and all of that. But um, it's kind of misleading um, if you do get up to a certain point, like chapter three and four. Um, it might seem, it really depends on how much time you spend building up your, uh, your star ratings and all of the, the different territories and earning better equipment and stuff like that. Um, I, I feel like I didn't struggle as much as I would have because I did spend a lot of that time and, um, that last really built big building project I was talking about with all those zip lines was really, really useful in the later stages of the story because um, you have to get back to the other side of the country as quickly as possible, basically. And that the the going across the rock what was bas- is basically the Rocky Mountains is the most difficult terrain of the game um and because i had spent the time before um the story got to that point um building all the zip lines that that part was actually the easiest of that whole journey and um i thought that was pretty interesting how that can work out if you um do spend that time doing that if i had spent even more time before uh you know triggering the final stage of uh, connecting the network across the country, then um, I could have like theoretically just zip lined all the way back to, um, to, to where I needed to go, but there wasn't that. Well, okay. So there's stuff that you build, but once you connect each area to the, the chiral network, um, which I'll get into what that is in a little bit, um, more into what that is in a little bit. Uh, wh- whenever you unlock um an area, <coughs> and each area is kind of like controlled by either like a like a city or a distribution center or a uh, a prepper, um, just like the lo- a local person who's that area is theirs basically. So um, when they when when each area joins, then you also get access to all the other structures that have been built by other players. Now, um, I was thinking throughout the game that there was going to be some... It was going to address, and it was going to be important to the story, that there's like a multiverse, because there's hints at it uh, in some dialogue earlier on in the game... Um, and they do talk about multiverse later on um, kind of thing, but it's they don't connect it as much as I thought they were going to. But um, basically, early on in the game, like one of the, the preppers, I think it's the elder, or it might be... It might be the filmmaker. I can't remember exactly who it was. But they're like... Uh, when you make a delivery, they're like, wow, I can't believe you're, you're so on top of it. Like, it's, it seems like there's more than one of you out there. And that got me thinking, like the the whole, because there it's it's not an online game, but like the other structures that are built by other players, that is based that 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 is the online game that you have these shared social uh that this shared social structure element to it, like other people have built 
um, all kinds of useful like generators to charge up your your uh, your gear, your vehicles and stuff, or bridges to cross over um, rough terrain, um, or uh, the auto pavers that have uh, an actual like highway that goes across. But each each little section of the highway does take a lot of materials so i i did spend a lot of time contributing to those and finishing up a few on my quote-unquote server and though that finishing up those parts of the road compared to the parts that didn't have the road it made those parts way way easier as well um <clears throat> especially in the end game but <clears throat> anyway um yeah, I thought that there was going to be more of a multiverse revelation in the game. Um, and uh, maybe it's just like kind of something to think about. Just a, a little bit of extra sprinkles on top of all the other craziness of this whole game. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm jumping right into my, my theory about the it being some type of multiverse twist to the game. And I haven't even explained anything about the actual, what is actually going on in there so you you play this character sam played by uh norman reedus and in the opening of the game he meets uh a woman named fragile and she's played by uh um what's her name how come they're uh leah sado sado leah sado however you pronounce her name i'm sorry um and uh she is she's awesome uh norman reyes is also awesome in this um mads mickelson is a really uh prominent character and um he's great and then uh other other characters that are also really good uh, okay so basically everybody in this game is great but um you have troy baker margaret qualley um and where else has she been in Like, her character is, like, really cool. Um, oh, my gosh. She's in The Leftovers. I didn't know that. I need to get back to watching it. I, or I, I've certainly seen her in it, but I didn't realize that was... I, I didn't connect that. Um, and she's in the Death Note movie. Oh, and she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. She's in so many great things. Man. She's awesome. Um, she's one of my favorite characters in the game. Um, I, I, I'll get to I'll get to that in a minute. Um, because her character is also is also one of the scariest characters in the game. But um yeah. Uh you also have Troy Baker, uh Tommy Earl Jenkins, and Lindsay Wagner Wagner. Wagner or whichever um plus uh the likenesses of Guillermo del Toro and Nicholas Winding Refn uh how do you pronounce his name and then apparently also uh uh, Edgar Wright is in has a cameo in there uh you also have uh Conan O'Brien in there he's kind of he's he's one of the in, in one of the prepper areas <clears throat> but when I saw I saw the video of him visiting Kojima's uh, studio is it Kojima Studios Kojima Productions sorry um 
And I thought it was just like, uh, as a joke, we'll, we'll scan you and you can see what you look like if you were in the game. No, he actually is in it. And that's pretty great. But anyway, uh, so, okay. Let's see if I can... My my take on the whole story, like I've been so ex- I like I just want to talk to everybody about this game, and I don't know, uh, really anybody that has actually completed the game. Um, I, I don't like. I only one person I know has uh, that I I only know of one person that I know who has finished the game. Um, and I haven't talked to him about it yet, but, um, and then I don't, I don't think I know anybody else that has actually played it, but I've, I've tried to explain the game to a couple of friends who, who don't play games. So I know that they're not going to play the game and I was just really excited. I just want to try to explain or like try to try to express how weird and crazy this game is. But, um, so that's another big purpose for recording this episode is I just want to put it all my thoughts on this game out there and if anybody else who's who's finished the game like comments on on this send me some tweets about it all of that um I want to talk about this game as much as possible like but like on a one-to-one I want to have like conversations about the game not just like go on to reddit and talk on there I mean that would probably be pretty satisfying too, but um, yeah, I, I feel like the the like direct conversation about it is a lot, a lot more fun. Um, I say in a in a just a podcast episode out to everybody who is willing to listen. So, uh, so yeah, message me about it, um, and it'll be interesting when. Okay, before I get into trying to explain the game again. Um, so it came it's it's on PlayStation 4, only PlayStation 4 right now, but it is coming out on um for Windows uh for PC later in 2020. It's like quarter 2 or 3 of 2020. Um it'll be interesting to see if the game changes. I mean, I'm sure there there will be change like patches and stuff like that. It'll be, <laughs> it'll just be different from when it first came out anyway. But I wonder if it will be, if there will be more content added to it or anything like that. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Okay, so we're in a, a future United States, former United States, um, where this this event called the Death Stranding happens where there's these these creatures called uh oh what is I forget what BT stands for it's um oh beached things okay I I don't know if I knew that this entire time I I don't recall forgetting that term um you know I'm just gonna read a lot of this from the <laughs> from the 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 wikipedia page okay uh the game is set in the united states during the aftermath of the eponymous death stranding which caused destructive creatures from a realm between life and death to begin roaming the earth those destructive creatures are called bts or beached things they're originating from a beach which is a land that connects uh connects earth 
to the afterlife. Uh, so it's like an in-between place. And so these beach things have a, they, each of them has a uh, sort of umbilical cord that connects them across to that beach and off uh, into the, into the afterlife. Um, so it's like, uh, there's a lot of, uh, symbology and metaphor with, uh, those, they call them strands. Sometimes they call them, uh, the umbilical cords, all that kind of thing where it's, uh, you also, one of your major tools is a rope that is called your strand and um, that has certain aspects to it too. Everybody's name is like very literal what they are pretty much um, or not that what they are. Um, so yeah, it is, I, I think that helps a lot if they tried to be, <coughs> if Kojima tried to be more like obscure with the names and stuff like that, like it's very literal uh, all the names end up being like very literal and some of the names I didn't even realize like, Oh, that's why that's their name and, and stuff like that. So this is a case of where a lot of times when I'm like reading a book or something is like, Oh, isn't it coincidental? Your name is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's not a coincidence because that's what the author chose the name to be. That's if it was like based on real people, then it would be a co- actual coincidence. But, um, in this case, it helps. I feel like it really helps the storytelling and the and connecting the dots and stuff. Especially as you're playing, if you're if you're playing the game, the 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 delivery aspect of the game a lot, that um, it's helpful to have those reminders of like, oh, that's their name, so I know exactly what they are or what I'm supposed to think they are and that kind of thing. But <coughs> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so you play, uh, Sam Porter Bridges, played by Norman Reese, as I said, who's a courier and, uh, he's tasked with delivering supplies to the fracture and isolated colonies, colonies that remain in, in, and, uh, reconnecting them via wireless communications network. It's the chiral network. Um, he's using, uh, uh, he has this keychain thing that, uh, helps, it has like programming in it to connect each, uh, terminal that he, uh, comes to into the, into the network and also try to get people to join the United Cities of America, um, uh, connecting all of those, uh, colonies and, uh, the, 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 the prepper outposts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of the deliveries are because you need to convince, um, those preppers in the different parts of the, most, most of the actual not cities and the distribution centers, they don't need convincing because they're like, oh yeah, we were just waiting, we were waiting for him to get back here so you could connect us up. Um, but like all the preppers and stuff, uh, there's a few of them that are like, oh God, yes, connect me. But then the other ones are like, no way, this is awful, all the stuff that happens because of bridges and, uh, the government and all that is, uh, I don't want any, any part of that. And then you like have to figure out, okay, how can we convince them? What can we do to show them that we're, we're helpful to them? Um, and then it's like more and more deliveries made. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, going off of the, uh, the setting section on Wikipedia, 
because um, I forgot a lot of these. <coughs> Most of the terms are very straightforward, but how they all connect and, and some of the, the specifics are a little bit. Okay, so there's there's like a info section of the game, like in the menus. Um, there's like a whole like library and there's extensive articles about every single gameplay element of the, of the game like strategies um how to use all the different equipments uh what different enemies and different like uh vehicles and all that stuff what everything does and it is like just reading all that alone i felt like i've i i haven't read all of it and then there's also like a bunch of interviews transcripts that you collect throughout the game and um and like all kinds of other stuff uh it's it's a it's a lot if you want to get into into all of it but at one point i was like i i'm so into this story i just need to keep chugging forward and get through not get through it but like just experience the story as like fluidly as possible um once i got to that point but anyway um so if if you if you want to know a lot more than in this podcast absolutely well just play the game like all the information for the game is in the game like like completely um okay so the setting uh game is set in pop apocalyptic united states um where the beach things most of them are like people looking but if you get like sucked up by one then there would be like a boss type thing sometimes it's a squid sometimes there's there's uh like a lion type thing um then later on there's huge huge bosses um there's one that's like a like a colossus like a like a titan like a human like a gigantic human um that one was like like every single one of these things like just freaks freaks me out and when the little uh adirondack or what what is it called it's um Okay, what? Uh, let's see. I think it's in gameplay. It's gonna t- say what it's called. Um, <clears throat> you have a, <coughs> you have like a sensor thing. I forget what it's called, and it's not in this article. <coughs> but uh, it's like a sensor thing. And it uh, works together with something that I haven't talked about yet. But um, it, whenever it, like, starts going off and then it, like, goes into slow motion for a second and it's, like, oh, you're about to get into, into some crap here. Um, it, like, stresses me out every single time. Even though, like, I, I, I'm, like, pretty confident I can get handle the, every situation now i'm still like i don't want to do this part of the game i just want to get, get deliver this package but anyway um uh let's see uh so bts they they cause explosions known as void outs when they consume a, a dead person um by necrosis and um they also so so whenever somebody die luckily uh, you you can cause people to die but luckily i haven't had to do had to take care of having killed somebody um to avoid a void out i 
have personally died and caused a void out. Uh, likely is like kind of in the middle of nowhere. And that's kind of interesting when that does happen, that it does affect the actual map, um, I think. It might have just been a coincidence where that happened, that it dragged me to a place where that had already happened. But anyway, <clears throat> the uh, there's also uh, the rain that is called Timefall. And it causes rapid aging, and uh, so stuff get, deteriorates very quickly, um, including people. <coughs> so this causes uh, damages to the um, uh, to, to structures, uh, roads, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also, this is a I I thought it was really cool. It's it's not really delved into very deeply but like uh, like the idea of using that to your advantage is that there's an area called the timefall farm and it's like kind of in the like Kansas area it's like in the midwest area of of the map um so the 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 whole game you're going across the country from the east coast to the west coast but it's like a it's not a one to one <laughs> if it was one to one distance, it would be ridiculous. But it's um, it's like a small representation of them. I think the map. I, if I were to guess, the whole map is maybe like twenty to thirty kilometers east to west, maybe something like that. Um, as opposed to the you know thousands of kilometers that it actually is. But um, anyway, I that's it, it, that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, I thought it was really cool that they um, they they touched on the idea of in in uh, increased uh, or, or uh, yeah increased uh, passage of time being used to grow crops because as I have I've had this idea for a while um, based on the Antikytherian device. Um, there's, there's this thing that I came across in that they came across in uh, somewhere in the, in uh, like Roman Roman empire uh, ruins or some, something like that, or it might've been Greek ruins. <clears throat> but anyway, it's not what this device well nobody knows what it actually was for or whatever but i had the idea of like oh maybe this was this crazy like time thing that it's it slowed down time for like within a range of it whatever and like the idea of that and that it could be used for crops that you could grow a crop in a very short amount of time because the time within that radius goes very quickly but you know, everything outside of that is just going in, in normal time. So that is kind of similar to what happens with the time fall and there's this time fall farm and they use that to their advantage and they haven't been able to do it because it's not as predictable right now. But before that you connect up with the weather station, get them back online, get up and running all that. And then you can monitor what the, what the weather uh, forecast is and kind of predict uh, your pathway and all that. And they also use that at the time farm to, uh, grow their crops and produce time fall, 
hops. I think no, can't time timefall ale. I think it is. Um, also, there's monster. Monster. They survived the apocalypse. They're doing good. It's like all that anybody drinks. So there you go. Um, so yeah, the time fall. It rapidly de- de- uh, deteriorates stuff. And then uh, these colonies relied on services of company known as bridges uh, to transport materials, supplies from place to place um, because they deal with the uh, they they deal with the BTS, the bandits, the terrorists, all of that to get from city to city. Uh, there's also another uh, company called Fragile Express, and it is led by Fragile, um, who I mentioned earlier. Except she's not trusted because think, people think that she turned on uh, everybody and caused a void out that wiped out one of the not cities. Um, but later on, we find out that that wasn't the case. That she was she was trying as hard as she could to keep prevent that from happening um, to actually save that city, and um, she partially did. She she got it as far away as she could before it destroyed. But it, it destroyed a lot. But, um, so these, uh, these porters, they, uh, they have a, what's called a a bridge baby or a BB that is a child. It's, uh, um, it's an unborn baby that instead of being born, was put into this artificial womb and they're like connected to the beaches to, so that they, they can, can, they can detect um bt is in there they're connected to the 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 sensor thing that's on there but the the sensor does more than that because it also scans for cargo it reads the rfid chips that are on them i assume it's some type form of rfid um but you can uh, also later on you can detect actual people and uh the mules also have this technology and it's kind of a cool mechanic that if you time it right and, and do your scan, at the same time it cancels out theirs. And that's a pretty cool thing. Um, and uh, and then, uh, okay, so the first time that you encounter these guys, it's like, oh my god, they're coming right after me. But then they like run away because it starts raining. Um, and they're like, oh, thank god. Maybe, maybe, maybe that doesn't happen every time when you first encounter them. <clears throat> but I did the first time I did, and then um, and then you get like uh, next time you carry you like just punch and kick them, whatever, beat them up, and hopefully get away. It might get you might get beat up yourself, but then um, like if they beat you up, then they steal all your stuff and then leave you like at the edge of their territory or whatnot. It's not too big of a deal, but unless you don't have uh, anything to deal with them yet, any types of weapons or whatever. But you do have a weapon they can use from the very beginning, and um, uh, so the uh, my cousin's cousin uh, <clears throat> David, he uh, is the only, he's the only person I know who has beaten this game, uh, finished the story, and he gave me a tip. Um, when I was just first starting, uh, playing, cause we've been playing Borderlands, um, so with Dave and Mary, uh, all four of us playing Borderlands a bunch. We haven't played in a while now. I needed to miss it. Hey, we got to get back into Borderlands now that I'm done with Death Stranding and I moved and everything. But, um, the, uh, he gave me a tip that like, oh, you can use, 
the best way to deal with these guys is to um, use your, your strand, your rope, to parry their attacks and then just tie them up. And then you're good. Uh, <clears throat> because th- there's a bola gun, which is really cool. Um, but, oh, and another thing I realized, so hopefully you've been playing it. Maybe you don't, even, maybe you, you didn't learn this till later on either, is that I, I thought that you had to just build new guns to get more ammo. Like every time. So every time I would recycle my used up gun and then build a new one, as it turns out, it, when you rest, your, all of your ammo gets reloaded. Um, with the exception of the quad rocket launcher or whatever it's called. Uh, but everything else you get. So I've been building like so many guns for no reason. I could have just been, you know, hanging on to them. Uh, but in some cases you want to just like ditch them. And then because you need less, be carrying less stuff. But anyhow, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so dealing with the mules and uh, later on the, the 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 terrorists are a little bit more difficult to t- to handle in that fashion. Um, you, you probably wanted to take a few of them out with uh, non lethal weapons first, whether it's the bola guns or um, non lethal rounds with uh, like assault rifle and shotgun, like the riot shotgun. But. Um, yeah, yeah, it does get a lot easier to to deal with all of that later on. I did play this game on the normal setting. There's also a I think there's a hard. There's there's one setting more difficult. I don't know remember what exactly it's called. I think it's just called hard. And then there's easy and then there's very easy. <coughs> and so I wonder I wonder if the game would be a lot less stressful on those easier settings or if it would just be or or if it would just be too easy i don't know um probably at this point it would be too easy that since i've weathered the entire game in normal mode but um anyway so moving on uh so the these bbs the premature child's reflecting a state between life and death it is possible for a person to sense the presence of a bt being uh, uh, when they're connected with the bbs so um uh also a condition known as dooms depending on its severity also allows a person to naturally sense see or even control a bt so in that case uh they're talking about higgs who is like the the, the big bad throughout most of the game um, he is able to like summon BTs and send them after people and stuff. Like he's not worried about being captured by them and whatnot because he <coughs> has control over them. Um, but uh, Sam, he has. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, the people with dooms. Uh, oh, they aren't necessarily also the people who are repatriates. Repatriates are people who can travel back um, from the scene when they've died, um, but their deaths will still call. Uh, okay, yeah, their deaths will still cause void outs if killed during contact with a BT. Um, so yeah, if you're if you if you die in a BT battle, then that will happen and it sucks. Um, but you still come back, so hopefully you're away from a lot of stuff. 
but um if you die by like falling off a cliff or something like that then it's 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 fine you don't cause a void out so, in, unless you're in a bt area then that's really bad um so <coughs> let's go through the, the the plots of this is a long article okay so uh, he's a freelance porter. He doesn't work for Bridges, uh, Sam. He's transporting some cargo uh, when he meets Fragile, um, and they're, like, hiding from a BT in a cave or whatever. And so uh, when he gets to uh, his destination, um, one of this is uh, he has to take a, um, a body to an incinerator. Um, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I already forgot what happened in this, the beginning of this game. So he goes that, but the an encounter with a BT hinders his progress and the corpse causes a void out, destroying central not city. Um, he, he awakens cause he's been, he's repatriated. Um, and he meets dead man who, uh, <clears throat> who tasks, uh, Sam to deliver uh, morphine to the dying presidents. Um, his adopted mother, mother, Bridget strand. Is that a spoiler? Do we know he's adopted like from the beginning? I think maybe we do, but, um, and he meets, uh, <coughs> die hard man, uh, director of bridges and, uh, Sam's former boss before he left the organization. Um, so Bridget pleads with Sam to rejoin bridges and help rebuild America before succumbing to her illness. And they learns that his, his sister, um, is being held, uh, captive, um, uh, she, that she's trying to connect the, the nation going across uh, to the west all the way to uh, Edge Knot City. But then she's captured and held ho- hostage by a terrorist group. Uh, they're called Homo Demons um, to, to guarantee Edge Knot City's independence. I am, I'm just like reading, like skipping around reading from the, this page because uh, I don't remember a lot of these specifics off the top of my head. Um, so he's convinced to continue this mission and he's also paired up with a, um, uh, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, this bridge baby has been marked for retirement and he refuses to incinerate that baby and, um, he uses it to evade, uh, BTs and get back to Capital Not City from the incinerator, and he decides to take BB twenty eight as his own. And later on, he nicknames it Lou. Um, so as he progresses across the country, connecting uh, everything with his uh, Cupid keychain uh, uh, necklace thing, um, he uh, he he grows closer and closer to the BB. Um, <coughs> And he uh, is working across to save his sister, Amelie. Um, so, uh, yeah, he meets a bunch of people on the way, including Mama, who is uh, like a really tech savvy. She's like the tech savvy expert, like really analyzing what's going on with the chiral network and uh, all that. And there's these storms that uh, it, like these giant cyclones, these supercell uh, chiral storms. <coughs> So it's even crazier than the regular time fall. Um, he first encounters one um, when he's uh, connecting to Central. I think it's Central Knot City. Um, 
or is it North? Oh, I forget which, which city that is. But um, the first time he he's transported to uh, World War One, like a World War One battlefield with the trenches, and this character, um, this command or general. <coughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. Where is it? Uh, all throughout this, he gets whenever he connects up to Lou, uh, the BB. He uh, gets these visions uh, of the memories. Like uh, it's explained that uh, when you when you link up to a BB, um, you share your memories with. Like you'll get that kind of, that that uh, mental connection with memories and feelings and all of that. And so every time he connects, we get these flashbacks um, to seeing Mads Mikkelsen, uh, whose character is named Clifford Unger. <coughs> And, uh, he's like, he, he's always talking to the BB, uh, calling it BB and all of that. And, uh, you see that the, the, the BB's mother is right there. She's a still mother and she's like incapacitated. She's like in a coma induced coma or if she's, if, if, if she's being forced that way, or if she there, that's the only way she's can be kept alive. I don't know. But it's, um, yeah, it's all these flashbacks in this room, basically all in this one room with Clifford talking to the BB and we get all this kind of story, little bits and pieces. And it's, uh, yeah, and so it, we, we assume it's presented as though these are the BB's memories, the uh, Lou's memories. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Um so this first time uh he gets in a supercell he's transported to the, this battlefield in world war one and you're fighting through uh, trying to 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 find clifford and uh you finally we track him down you come you battle him you defeat him be all the other guys and this is one of the sequences where you like are collecting is this is the first time that you actually use like real weapons and so you're like picking up all this, all of the assault rifles and stuff, and like figuring out the actual like real combat happening in this game. This is the first like traditional gunfire type combat in the whole game. Um, so yeah, it's like it's it's pretty cool. That whole sequence is really cool. And they kept, come out of it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Sam, you're back!" And you were only gone for like a couple of seconds. Like, what? I was out there for like all day, basically, and. Um, so, uh, so yeah, mama, uh, she's like figuring out this whole thing. And then she's, she's near where that, uh, city is. Um, so you finally go over to her after that supercell, you go over to her and like in one of, is one of the, like, I really liked her, her character, but then when you go there and she's talks about how she has a baby and that she's taken care of, so she can't leave where she is and all that. And when you go there, her baby is a BT, and it's instead of being connected to the afterlife, she's it's connected to her, and it's like just so bonkers, and it freaks. It was like so freaky, and because that's the first time that you see a baby BT, and it's really disturbing, and uh, it harkens back for me playing silent hill with the little demon babies walking around and all that so anyway she's she can't leave there because that physical location is tied like links her to her baby and to the afterlife and all that 
Um, and as it turns out, it's all keeping her alive because she actually died when that hospital that she's in, like the remnants, remnants of that hospital, uh, when all collapsed and stuff, she died, but her baby kept her alive through the BT, through the umbilical cord thing and all that. So anyway, she figures out a way to adapt. So, uh, so Sam, everybody has these, um, cufflink things and, uh, they, monitor they do all kinds of stuff um but she figures out a way to modify it so that you can also use it to cut the umbilical cords of bts so that you can just destroy (laughs) very similar to the way that you can use your strand to just tie up mules and all that Uh, you can also just sneak up on bts destroy them cut the umbilical cords they go away and the way that she has them tested out is by cutting the cord on her baby so once that happens there's not much time to get her to her sister to convince her sister to upgrade the hardware uh no upgrade the software that goes with the 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 hardware that lock the the cupid that she updates to be able to keep everything stable and all that. So you're take you you go across the mountainside or whatever to get to where Lockney is, and to convince her to join the cause and all of that. And um, they're twin sisters, so they've always had this link, but they lost the link. They were estranged from each other because of what happened like she hadn't talked to her since then she she never explained that she's what was going on with her baby and that they always like kind of knew what each other was going through and all that because they had that connection to each other but that connection was gone after that hospital came apart and it, it turns out it's because she actually died so it gets her back over there and they like rejoin like Mama becomes part of, like, they become one again in Lockney's body. It was, like, a weird sort of thing, but it's it's cool, and I really like it. And both of those characters are great. But um, <coughs> anyway, so that's the whole thing. And uh, then he continues getting across to there. Uh, there's another, uh, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, there's a, a, another storm that takes him to um, <clears throat> a World War II setting. And then the third time, <coughs> it's like, uh, I think it's Vietnam. And he goes after, uh, he goes after, uh, oh, th- I think this happens after he goes um, to, yeah, okay. So there's three storms, so there's three battlefields that you go through, Um, but at one point you also, you you go to confront, uh, you you make it over to Edgenaut City, and Higgs has captured Amelie and put her into this big Titan-sized BT, and you have to fight that to free Amelie, and uh, you think that everything's all good when you do that. But as it turns out, uh, like they've gone to the beach and, uh, you have to go after Higgs there. And so you have this final battle with Higgs 
uh, where it's like basically hand to hand. Uh, it's a pretty cool. I, I liked this battle a lot. Uh, even though it's like the least scary of all of the boss battles in the entire game. I mean, maybe that's why I like it the most out of all of it. But it's so different from all the other battles. There's a lot of hand to hand. So if you got that practice fighting the mules and stuff, like parrying with the the strand and then like tying him up and then just kicking him a bunch like that's the main strategy and then i realized um (laughs) another mechanic that you learn early on (coughs) is uh uh is that you can throw stuff that you're carrying in your hands because you can also you can have stuff on your back and strap to your suit and all of that but you can also carry stuff by hands and that's an advantage for when you have something really fragile because whenever you like fall or something you'll protect that so it protects the thing from fall damage and everything so um uh but there there's a there's a point where you you get a delivery you get a, a piece of cargo to deliver to fragile and when you deliver, it's like off of the grid or whatever. Just some guy brings it up to you. Like, oh, this is perfect. It had two labels on it, so it got confused, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so you deliver it to Fragile, and Fragile's like, what are you talking about? I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything. It's like, what, Amazon got the order. They sent it from the distribution center. And um, it turns out it's a, it's a, it's a nuclear device, a, a nuclear bomb, and you have to run to this uh, this lake, this tar lake, and throw it in there. So that's when you learn the throwing mechanism. And I realized in this battle with Higgs that, uh, like, why is there all this stuff? There's ruined cargo all over the place. I can't use it. Why, do, why is it being provided? And I realized, oh, I can pick it up and throw it at him. That makes him, like stumble and then i can you know do my thing um so i was really happy with that revelation um that you could use those otherwise useless pieces of cargo uh in the battle like that um so uh yeah uh, there are hints like all the way throughout the game and if i played the game again through the story it'd probably be like really obvious for like from the beginning So in all these uh, battles, battlefield, um, like be- the, the the battlefield beaches, um, Clifford is chasing after Sam to get the BB, get BB. He's like BB, where's my BB? All that, and uh, there are clues like from very early on in the game. Like the first thing that w- felt off to me, I was thinking, it's really weird that Amelie in these flashbacks because we get flashbacks of from sam when he's a little kid that she's the exact same she seems to be exactly the same age i know they're like digital characters anywhere or whatever but she's like the same age as she is currently um supposedly captured on the on the west coast and all of that so There are clues with that, and then uh, when we finally see the face of Die Hard Man revealed, and that he's kind of he's 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 old, he's got gray hair and all that, <coughs> which is in contrast to like flashbacks that we assume. And then there there's also them saying like, "Oh, that's impossible. This couldn't be. This couldn't be Clifford Unger's BB because he was born in 
And then they get, like, cut off and stuff like that. I was like, hmm, I'm starting to think. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe, maybe this BB isn't Clifford Unger's BB. Uh, so the, the the end of the third battlefield, uh, we get this moment. He, he uh, Sam uh, defeats Clifford, and they have this moment. He's like, is, um, he asks him, like, are you Clifford Unger? He's like, yeah. He's like, wait, he said, said your name is Sam Porter, but your name is Sam Porter Bridges, isn't it? And he has this, like, whole moment with him. He gives him his dog tags, and they hug, and all that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is... He, what he like... Does he realize that he's taking good care of this baby? Like, he's the way... He's the, he says he's the bridge to the future, to my future, and all that. And you think, in the moment, like, oh, he's talking about his future is the baby being taken into the, the, the world and building stuff, building something anew, all that kind of thing. But we then learn when we get uh, like the like legit flashbacks of like Sam in the beach, like connected directly to him, all that kind of thing. Um, I forget what the actual context of him getting back into there, but he was he was reliving all of that. Um, let's see. Uh, all of those little bits and pieces, flashbacks we saw. Okay, so he, this happened, this is at the, like, the very, very end. This is after he goes to the, uh, yeah, let's talk about this first. So, uh, Amelie, it's revealed, is actually the one behind everything. She's the extinction entity, and that she, uh, made Higgs do, she convinced Higgs to do this. He was just a regular guy, just like, you know, just like, kind of like a mob boss kind of guy, but, um, he was turned into a terrorist to be to serve this function to make uh things happen to um <coughs> do whatever Amelie was trying to get to, to do everything to happen um as it turns out Amelie doesn't actually exist she is like an avatar of Bridget she only ever existed in the in, on the beach and that's the only place that Sam ever has encountered with her he's like oh that is weird and uh, she's only com- ever communicates pe- to people with holograms and all of that. So um, there's a whole thing where her ha and her ka, which is her body and her spirit, were uh, completely separated, and that uh, her ka remained while her ha was like never even existed or something. I don't know, but um, so you have to go to. Uh, you have to find her beach after uh, getting back to Fragile, who's back on the East Coast. have to deliver a bunch of bugs to her. That's a whole other thing, that you eat bugs to replenish your blood, and that she really, really likes those bugs. And she she pushes those bugs more than Pumbaa and Timon push grubs in the Lion King series. Like, she really wants Sam to eat those bugs. And he eventually gets a taste for it. But anyway, um, he gives that backs over to her because she, her power, she's able to like teleport, use the beaches to transport, to like teleport basically across, uh, across physical space. And uh, so the fast travel element of the game is getting her help to do that. <clears throat> Which I didn't use very much. I used it a couple of times because you can't take all your gear with you. So it didn't seem... It didn't seem all that helpful unless you had to do it for the story. 
But uh, yeah, she gets you to Amelie's beach and you have to convince her to not cause the sixth mass extinction on Earth. Um, and to in- instead, she ends up... Uh, okay, so she gives you, gives you the gun. That There's a whole thing with a gun and all that. It ties everything together with that. There's so many details that I'm not going into in this review slash recap of the game. But anyway, she gives him the gun and it's loaded and she says, you can stay here with me and just watch this destruction happen. Or uh, you can can shoot me and hopefully it ends it. And you go to shoot her and it just like the bullets just warp. Okay, you don't have to try shooting her. But if you do try to shoot her, because you're given the illusion of that choice of either shooting her or not. But if you do choose to shoot her, it doesn't work. Because it just like space warps and the bullets just like disappear into nothing. So you have to go up to her and you hug her. And through the whole game, uh, Sam has uh, this aversion to being touched. He does not like being touched at all. And like when people like try to do it, he's like, nope, nope, nope away and most of the time he's not actually direct directly interacting with people um but uh yeah he goes up to her and hugs her and this in the conversation they have it convinces her okay i'm gonna cut off my beach and hopefully it will delay death stranding from happening <clears throat> the last stranding i think is they were calling it or something no i'm I, i'm sorry i'm confusing with star wars the last order <laughs> or the last stranding i don't know anyway um so now he's like stranded there and there's a whole end credits while you're stuck here on this beach and it feels like forever and as it turns out it was like a whole month in game time that he's stuck out there and everybody who's back um include i didn't even talk about some of the characters that we have um hartman hartman whatever you call him uh well there's dead man and it turns out that he's he he was like created so he doesn't have a soul so he can't even travel to the beaches and all that so he's like unaffected by all this stuff that's going on um on a metaphysical level but it has this whole other aspect to him going on. And uh, Die Hard Man, of course, uh, we, it turns out that he was the one who killed Clifford Unger, but it was at the orders of Bridget Strand. Um, and, oh, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, and then, uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, Lockney, who's awesome. And then, um, oh, oh, so Hartman, he is, uh, he lost his, his wife and child, uh, in the Death Stranding, and uh, so he, ever since then, he's died every 20 minutes, for three minutes at a time, and then he's revived, he has a, it's all connected up to his heart, so he, he, he has a heart attack, his heart stops, he's dead, he goes to the beaches, and then he's revived three minutes later, and then he's back up, up and about for another 20 minutes, and then he goes, sits down, dies, and all that, it's a whole thing, it's a whole different, like, all the experiences with him is an awesome story as well, and all that, but no time to get into that, I've already gone over for well over an hour talking about all this, but <clears throat> I, I could do an episode, I, you know what, I might do that, I might replay the game and do an episode by episode review of everything, I don't know, but um, oh, this game is so good. But, uh, yeah, they've been working for that whole month to get Sam back, to, to find him, find that beach and pull him back 
into the uh, into himself and they do it and the like the moments leading up to this you see the five bodies which is on the cover of the game it's on the, the it's on the title screen you're like oh that's what that is it's so awesome it's those five people they're searching for him because Lockney has a connection to the beaches because uh because mama is dead but she's also part of Lockney and they communicate or whatever and then there's also uh Hartman who goes to the beaches every time that he dies and there's revived and all of that so they're like work together to to to, to to find him and they get him get bring him back and uh you know there's a, a couple weeks after that uh, uh die hardman is being inaugurated as the president the new president and he's bringing everybody that we stop this thing we're happening there's fortunately there is still bts and all that you have to deal with that still in the post game but it's not as bad as it is like right before the final boss battles. And I, I haven't talked about the final stretch getting back, delivering those, those bugs to, to revive Fragile. But um, <coughs> I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so uh, a couple of weeks later, like after the, he's inaugurated, Lou's not doing so good. Lou is actually dead, as it would appear. And so he gets the order to decommission to take it to take Lou to the incinerator, and but Dead Man says, you know, I took I took your cuff offline, so whatever you do before you use the incinerator, that's it. Nobody will know what you're doing. Hint, 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 hint. And so. Uh, I was like, oh, I know what I got to do now. But then you can't initially do that. It, you have to use the incinerator. But before he goes into the incinerator, he connects to Lou one more time. Um, and, uh, yeah, he has <coughs> full flashbacks of uh, what actually happened with Clifford and the BB and uh, the BB's mother and all of that and Die Hard Man, John. And uh, he learned, he, he sees what happened, like everything that uh, Clifford went through, and that he's trying to escape with the BB after having killed the mother to, to free her from that being a still mother and all of that. And seeing that uh, Bridget's orders was, was behind all of this while Die Hardman was trying to save him because Clifford had saved him so many times because he, he served under him in the military and all that. And so. Uh, we, we see that final scene with Clifford in the room with the mother on the table. She's dead. She's been shot in the head and, uh, he's there with the B, with the BB and right. Oh, okay. So he has taken the BB out of the artificial womb capsule thing and they're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And then, uh, He won't hand him over, and then uh, Bridget fires. She like reaches over and, and grabs uh, his hands, uh, Die Hard Man's hand, and fires the gun. So really, they both shot him, but um, he also shot the BB. And Bridget's like, "No, that didn't mean to do that. Damn it!" And she, since she's an uh, she's an uh, extinction entity, she has all these powers. She can she she is the source of the Doom's powers and repatriation and all of that. So she brings the baby back from the dead 
And that's because these weren't Lou's memories. These were Sam's memories. He was that BB. He was Clifford Unger's son the entire time. He was, he was connecting to his own memories that he had forgotten. And that, that was, I was so like, because I, I, there, there are clues along the way. And like, I, I played these last chapters nine through 14 all in one sitting. <clears throat> and at some point in like chapter nine or 10, I started to get the feeling of like, huh, something's off about this. I kind of think, and then like, as it got closer and closer to that, I think that he's, I think these are his memories not the BB's memories and all that. And then when it, when it was confirmed, confirmed, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And, but also awful that all that, that bad stuff happened. Um, and so we see like uh, connecting to that and realizing that he was the BB and he was taken out of the pot. It was, and he survived and he grew up and all of that. Um, and his connection with his BB and him having lost his wife and daughter, um, that who, or his wife and son that he was going to name Lou because she was still pregnant when she died. Um, he, he's really connected with this BB that he's had and he's been calling it Lou and all that. And so he puts, he uses the incinerator, but he puts his, his, uh, his cufflink onto it. So that gets incinerated, and he takes the BB out, and it's help. It, it it he's trying to revive it because it's been dead up to this point. Tries to revive it, gives it mouth to mouth, and then like hugs it, and then it it's revived. It's alive again, and uh, it's actually a girl. He calls it Louise, and that's the end. He goes off into the sunset, leaves everything behind to to just raise his daughter there, and that's really really cool. So the post game, it's it, it takes you back two weeks before that happens, so that you can like finish up whatever you want to do, keep playing the game, keep making deliveries, get all your five stars, and all that kind of thing. <coughs> if I had known that particular things needed to be done before all of that then I would have done those a lot more of those things and spent a lot more time doing those, especially uh, deliveries to um, this one guy who, as it turns out, ends up being somebody else. Uh, so I won't spoil that for you because I I don't... I only know what I've read from other people anyway, so maybe it's not even a thing. It, it definitely is a thing. but um, So there's some stuff that I might not be able to complete... So I may have to just play the game again if I wanted to, if I want to get platinum or whatever. Um, but man, I won't, I won't mind doing it all. Now that I know what I'm doing, I think it will go a lot faster than it did on this first playthrough. Especially realizing the thing about the guns and also parrying is super helpful. Like right, knowing that right from the beginning. Also probably throwing stuff would be really useful. I never use the sticky guns to do anything. Um, so yeah, all of that <laughs> will be, make another playthrough a lot more, um, uh, effective, more successful, I think. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it more and more 
And even though I'm finished with the story, I am, and there's so much to read and all the interviews and stuff like that. Um, but let's go back real quick to the, the final, uh, run back to the East coast to, um, (coughs) to what's it called? Um, to central Nat city. I think, I think that's what it's called. Um, where it all began. Um, you have to make it there from the edge of the the tar belt. So you get transported back across. So you don't have to make it back across the tar. There's a whole tar belt to get that last distance to Edge Knot City. Um, that you, <laughs> I kind of accidentally figured it out because uh, it was like, oh, you we can't build anything that's big enough to go, go across that. You're going to have to figure out something else where it's like a boat or something. And I realized, Oh, there's, I, I wonder if, cause I can't just run into the lake. I can't swim. But what if, what if I let the BTs take me in? And then when there's a boss battle, I just like keep running and go across that. And as it turns out, that's exactly what you're supposed to do because like, old buildings like ghost buildings come up and all that kind of thing that you can actually climb on everything whenever a bt battle happens um bt boss battle and so that was exactly what you need to do and go across that so i was glad that you didn't have to do that to get back across um but it's like constantly raining storms everywhere and there's bts everywhere and uh you have to get all the way back um from well, first of all, you have to get all the way back to Lake Knot City uh, initially, uh, which isn't too bad, um, especially if, you, if you've if you put a lot of work into the infrastructure and zip lines and rebuilding roads and all that. That, w- that wasn't that big of a deal um, on my playthrough. But uh, at, once you get to Lake Knot City, you have to get from there to the beginning. So the whole first area of the game and the catch with that is that you can't build anything new because the chiral network is all messed up and you can't, um, <clears throat> this is after the final supercell storm. Um, so they're like, oh, you, everything's messed up. And because uh, you, you get into that storm as you're approaching Lake Knot City. And so you have to get all the way back across, but... Um, it's just constantly raining and there's at least three boss battles that are unavoidable and they're undetectable because your, uh, your, your sensor system doesn't pick it up. And this whole time you're trying to keep those, that container of bugs from getting messed up. And, uh, so you have one, that's just a squid. That's like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Whatever. But if, depending on how you fight it, you use up a lot of your resources for it. Um, there's probably like a way easier way. Maybe there's like weak spots where it takes less hits to hit them. There's definitely going to be weak spots. I just don't know what they are. (coughs) It makes it a lot easier to defeat all these different things. But, um, yeah, you fight that one when you're coming down one of the hills and then, um, near, I took the route that goes like past the incinerator. So I felt like that looked like it was more clear than everything else. Um, based on the signs that people have left and everything, but no, there's another boss battle right there. When you, it seems like it's, oh, this is smooth sailing. I just ride a motorcycle all the way across. Um, I don't know. I, I just had the speed skeleton at that point, but luckily the, 
um, like that distribution distribution facility, you can stop there and like at least like heal, rest, that kind of thing, and save the game so you don't have to do that first half of it again or whatever. But um, yeah, when you get to the that uh, the incinerator, you have to fight four of the lion type BTs at the same time, which. I was like really stressed out when it was happening, but it was fine. It was, it was totally fine. Um, I would say before doing the end game, like build, like make so many weapons and like jump to <coughs> the first area of the game and like store them somewhere. Like that's the best way to prepare for it. I think, because you can't build new stuff, all that. I was, like, trying to find these storage lockers that people had built and see if anybody left, like, useful stuff in there or that kind of thing. Um, and and you have the, like, connected people, like the afterlife little white guys, uh, little, the little ghostly figures throwing stuff to you every now and then. So that's really helpful, too. Um and I, if I understand correctly, like when you die and then you connect to those other people, that increases the number of those that help you out with stuff, I think. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you have to fight the four tiger thing, the lion things, whatever their actual names are. And then when you're right about to get to the, get to the, 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 the area to deliver these bugs to, to Fragile... There's a gigantic whale BT that you just have to just unload on constantly. And it like sends down like uh, little little uh, humanoid BTs and all that kind of stuff. They're like coming up through the ground. So for me, it, it wasn't that hard. That, that was actually the easiest of them. I was just like stressed out because like, oh my God, the, the bugs are almost ruined and all that kind of thing. But um <clears throat> Uh, yeah, just utilizing the, like, grabbing all the supplies that are being provided to you from the other players and stuff like that. And I don't know if none of that happens if you're playing offline, that you might just be screwed, that you, it kind of helps a lot to be connected online because it has that feature of it. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, even though that, that, that boss battle didn't, it, it doesn't seem to, 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 ever attack you directly but i guess if it does hit you directly which luckily didn't happen to me that it would totally mess you up like if it actually like ate you then you'd be you'd be dead but um luckily that didn't happen to me when on my playthrough and i just you know luckily some some of the the ghost guys threw threw me some rocket launchers and stuff use those use uh, these shotgun i felt like the shotgun was the most effective for all of these bosses as more effective than the assault rifle. Probably not as effective as the rocket launcher, but, um, uh, as far as like a, a weapon with bullets goes, <coughs> the anti BT guns were also pretty good. Um, and, uh, but they like, you just gotta have a lot, a lot of blood bags. Um, that's the, that's the real key to it. Then you need to have that, uh, hemat those hematic rounds to, to, to just mess up the BTs. 
Um, so yeah, that's a whole other aspect of the thing because because uh, Sam has dooms like that. His blood, and he's a repatriate. Um, his blood is it counteracts BTs that it you know basically kills them stuff. And his whole like matter antimatter thing. And then there's all the the, the the collecting his bodily fluids when he's whatever he says in his private quarters, so that they can be used as grenades and all that kind of thing. Honestly, I never used any of the grenade. I there's probably a lot of benefits to using the other types of grenades. I only used the blood ones because they just straight up killed the BTs and all that. Um, but a thing that I learned about that you never actually do that I never actually did was that if you're about to get you know, sucked up by a bunch of BTs that if you, uh, just start peeing, cause you can, that's a, a thing you can do in the game at any point is just pee somewhere. And, uh, if you do that, then it's, it, it like scares them off. But I have not tried, I, I tried to do it once, but I was not successful at it. So I've not done it successfully myself. But I'm sure there's tons of videos of that online. Just search for um, Sam peeing on, never mind, <coughs> Death Stranding peeing on BTs. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's so much uh, of high concept stuff that I probably didn't even address at all. Um, but, uh, I think that pretty much sums up my excitement for the game, my appreciation of the game. Uh, the, the, the title sequences, the end titles. So there's end credits, but there's like flashbacks. There's like the conversations that, uh, Amelie was having with, with Sam throughout that, uh, end credits. And then there's another end credits like two hours later. So from that point on to the actual end of the story is like two hours pretty much. And there's the end credits again at the very end, like traditional end credits, like the, the black screen rolling up all of that. So it, I, I both appreciate it and, and was frustrated by that. Like the, the, the gall the 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 balls to to say this is the end of the game it's basically a two hour movie for the for the end of the game and there you go with the credits twice so just deal with it kind of thing but um man i don't know where i i feel like i, I had a, a a point other than other than that with going down that route but um yeah, I just, this game is great, and uh, hopefully, if you've made it this far into listening to this, this this episode, an hour and a half, still shorter than the end of the game. But if you made it through this entire episode, and you're also like, and listening to this got you more hyped up, like I'm more, I'm I'm probably gonna go and play more of the game after I upload this episode. But um, if, if listening to this got you more hyped up about the game and all that, message me about it at TIW Podcast or at JKIR, that's J-K-I-R-E, whichever one of those, because this is not exclusively like a movie type thing, even though it is the most movie-like game that I've played. But um, yeah, tweet me. Uh, let me know what your thoughts. Um, go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. Um, 
If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links to your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you like to listen. Um, I very well might do a whole new playthrough and, you know, either stream it or record it and do, like, highlights type of thing. I don't know. I just really like this game a lot. So I'm, this is not the last you will have heard of me about Death Stranding. Um, but stay safe out there in all the infinite multiverses. Avoid voiding out. Don't do, um, you know, if you visit the beach, like, you know, come back safely and all of that and, and everything. And definitely avoid any extinction entities that you encounter. Um, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time here on TIW Podcast. Bye.